Hello and welcome back to the Trucking Driver Podcast. It's been a while. I'm Dougie Rankin. And I'm Chris Madison. How do? Hey, back again. Been a bit lax, been, been a bit, bit busy. Lax. One thing or nice. another. Where are you? Sunday night, you're not at home. You are somewhere. Sunday night, I'm camping out on Medway services on M2, uh, coastbound for a uh, tipping morning at Thanet up by up by the infamous airfield where everybody was in prison for Christmas last year because uh, of Mr Macron and his lunatic policies. So I'm, I'm tipping up there in the morning. So I'm on here now observing the maniacs of Kent queuing up about a mile in the cars to buy a few litres of BP at this time on a Sunday night. From the services? Yep, on, on the, the services are queuing. Yeah, they're queuing down slip road to get into the services in the cars and they're queuing right round they're driving the wrong way around services against the flow of traffic trying to get onto HGV pumps and obviously they can't because the HGV nozzle won't fit in at all so uh, oh wow I, mean, I know that it seems to be worse the further south you go because the, the fuel mm. pumps um, around here the, the petrol station at Blackburn at Bathgate just off the motorway has been pretty much deserted any time I've been past it in the last few days and that yeah. goes the same for a few other ones. There's there's hot spots um, where you get like the supermarkets in Livingston where it's been busy, but it's nowhere yeah. near. That's bonkers. It's eight o'clock on a Sunday night and they're queuing off the motorway, desperately yeah. trying to get petrol because that'll be about one pound eighty a litre or something. Uh, I can't just see from where I am. I'm I'm right next to the garage, but I just can't see the uh, sign. Hang on. Hang on. Let me have a look. Let's just see if they've put it up any. Let me just go and have a quick squeeze. Stay there. Okay. <laughs> what do you reckon, listeners? One thirty-seven <laughs> is at the moment near me. Um, they don't have a price uh, board. <laughs> no, there's, oh. no, there's nothing well, visible here that tells you how much it is. But, um, you, know what, you know why that is? Because it will be... Yeah. Distortion it. They'll put it yeah, up to like two imagine. quid a litre and people have just been, It's bizarre. Yeah. People have been... To, having said, the media are 100% to blame for this. They've been agitating with their clickbait all week trying to get people yeah. to start panicking and doing this. It's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. There is actually no shortage of fuel and the driver yeah. shortage with the tankers only affects BP, uh, as far as I can tell. And it's only certain petrol stations... Um, yeah. But you, you must surely get to a point quite soon where all the idiots that don't actually drive anywhere will be sitting with a full tank of petrol on the drive. So You're there can't... now. Oh. It said this afternoon on Way Down that some association, some trade body, who uh, speak for 65% of forecourts at UK have said they're now screwed because of the lunacy that's kicked off in the last four days. They had no problem whatsoever because you get, you know, you get sort of Boris or Morris or Dave or Keith who will go to Tesco's on a weekend and do the shopping and put 30 quids within for a week. Well, they've all gone and put 90 quids within for a week now. They've all gone and brimmed it. So that has created the shortage, you know, and it's it's a BBC that started this. They're doing it with Phil McCann, famously. Yes. Um, aye. And they said, you know, BP... We've got some drivers off, yada, yada, yada. Uh, that's it. And on Friday, I remember quite clearly that uh, Tesco's and various other supermarkets were saying, there's no problem. It's, you know, it's a BP issue. It's not a national issue. But all the cabbages, you know, all the Karens that went mask crazy and the rest of it, 
I've now got something else to worry about, and this is it. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, I'll be but... sleeping with both eyes open tonight like a psychopath. I'll have, me, I'll have my baseball bat on my chest tonight. If I hear anybody touching my diesel tank tonight, my word, we're going to have an issue. I, I don't. Um, I'll have to take that into consideration because I've got to drive down to Harrogate later in the week and hopefully things will have eased off by yeah. then because my Omega won't go down there and back up on a single tank of fuel. I may have to bother my borrow my dear mother's Nissan Micra for fuel economy mm. reasons so I can get down and back up without having to sit in a bloody queue for ages. Yeah. That's, uh, it's, the, the media and the press are just agitating. Um, yeah. There's a whole sector that want Britain to have a really miserable winter. They're just the staunch sort of remain sort of anti- Conservative. I mean, I'm not pro-conservative, and I'm I'm not like massively in favour of Brexit one way or the other. But there's a lot of people who are just desperate for like everything to fall yeah. apart this winter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just be gleeful about it. It's horrible. Aye. I just. Um, Aye. I keep getting. I know. Here we go. Britain is doomed to a winter of discontent. Ah, dearie me. Aye. Uh, well, they're all shouting and bawling about Brexit causing. Uh, you know, labour shortage and the rest of it's got a bugger all to do with Brexit. It's it's IR thirty five tax rules that sent them all scurrying off to work in Germany. It's tax. You know, and they were gonna pay tax. And that was one of the biggest um things and mm. it did come it, it did come into scope for me because obviously I do a little bit of when I do my driving I am still registered self employed and a couple of the bigger yeah. companies were very wary of it. Yeah. Um but I was like, yeah well I the Inland Revenue don't have any problem with me. Um, they've checked me out before yeah. because I was genuine, but they're really concerned about that IR35 thing. You know, with tax that sent the foreign lads back up at water, and um, it'll be sorting that out that brings them back if they're going to come back. You know, they're not going to come back next week, are they? Like, right, we'd like you to come back and work your tits off for us till Christmas, then go away again. Yeah, Aye. all right then. All right then. I'll see you on Tuesday as they all flood to airport in Gdansk. I don't see it personally, do you? Aye, that's a, that's a, the bizarre thing because it's in the news. It sneaked out last night. It was embargoed until half past ten. There was a news article, their solution to all the problems, and one of them is a three-month visa and they're on up to Christmas yeah. for people to come here and work. And then what happens? Do they just go home? How do, I don't see how that can work in any way, shape or form. No. If anybody does, please tell us, because I don't know anybody that does either. It's not supposed to, is it? It's to please Brexiteers by saying, well, you know, we've sent them all home. You know, as we said, we would in our manifesto. Everybody's gone. We're going to be self-sufficient. Hurrah. You know, rule Britannia, all that. But they had no intention of ever sticking to that manifesto pledge I don't suppose and and this is brilliant for them you know this is great because now they can reverse everything that they had to do to get elected and uh, say it's not our fault you know we just want to keep you lads in fuel and uh, supermarkets stopped so you know I don't understand with the tanker driver thing because tanker driving was traditionally the highest paid job and yeah. I know it kind of got ruined by of all people the supermarket surprise surprise yeah. but oh really where, where, where do the tanker drivers all kind of go why is there suddenly they haven't a gone anywhere. Of them you know what's there isn't what's going on here this is like politics at, at play it yeah. feels to me it's it's lies it's bollocks you know there is no shortage of tanker drivers one company BP are having some bother 
some staff in bother. That's it. Oyers aren't. Um, mm. We're talking to Oyers uh, tanker driver on Woolly Edge. I call it Woolly Edge today at 12 for a coffee when I set off to go get this fridge. I says, look at this lock. So, you know, there were a few there. And, there were, you know, a woman from Garage on Woolly Edge, so something to come out, Marshall Morons. And he says, it's bollocks, isn't it? I says, is there an issue or what? He says, no, it's BP and newspapers. BP have let it out that they need some uh, some slack and papers have jumped on it and run with it and that's it. It's mischief. But all the sheeple, as they did with toilet rolls, famously last year and the rest of it, and pasta and bloody flour are doing it again because they're morons. You know, the great... British bulldog spirit, the blitz spirit's gone. It's every man for himself now. Oh, it's just... a shameful way to be going on. You know, to see all these here like rats tonight scurrying about, it really boils my proverbial. Uh, th- but... I tell you, well, it was um, the people who will queue and make a queue much, much worse than it needs to be because they won't pull a petrol pump round to the opposite side of their vehicle. So they'll right. sit and wait for the pump to be on the right side and it'll queue right out onto the road. Ah, just yeah. It's um, it feels like this is just going to go on and on, and everything's being blamed on lorry driver what shortage. Everything. It's all it's because of a shortage of drivers, and it's like it's um, it's companies agitating, trying to get at the government, and it's politics and things at play. That I believe there's something. It just you can't blame everything on a sudden shortage of lorry drivers because. Well, I did put that post. There's a post on the Trucking Driver website now with the whole press release from the government, and they're getting the Army, Ministry of Defence instructors, they're going to do extra driver yeah. training. But the chat, Joe Ashton, uh, the guy who I did the telematics podcast with, he did a bit of checking, and there were 360 or something unused test slots last week, and there were like 400 the week before that. So. Yeah. They're nowhere near capacity for testing at the moment. So why are they so desperate to increase it? Because you simply don't have enough people wanting to be lorry drivers. Uh, And apparently they are going to write to one million people who have an HGV license who aren't currently using it. The government are writing to them to encourage them to come back. And what on earth the content of that letter is going to be? I mean, I assume I'm going to, I will get one. Because yeah. I, how do they know? This must be a GDPR um, no, viol- violation for them think, for them to know whether or not you're think, driving a truck. How would they know that? I don't that? think they'll do that. I don't think they'll do that at all. I think what they'll do is they'll write to everybody who's passed the test in the last X number of years. They can't yeah. know who's working in holds, you know, who's not. They can't. It's, it, it, it's shizzle. I mean, ultimately... The only way to know anybody's doing anything is if they've got a digital taco, and if they haven't, you don't know. So mm-hmm. until three months ago, I were under radar, potentially. You know, um, They'll write to everybody. It'll be a massive, expensive exercise in shite, and it'll be a picture of Boris on some official paper going, Boah, bulldog spirit, oh, help us out, and all this crap. And, he aye, but he seems to think that lorry driving is a great job, and everything. Yes. everybody's well remunerated, they said in the, yes. the House of Commons the other, the other week. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it, it's great. And, um, not one of the things that they mention anywhere is how 
they're going to improve anything and also if yeah. to get these people to come back as well they're not saying oh by the way you still have to do your 35 hours CPC which at a stroke yeah. loads of people are going to go nah not interested yeah exactly not interested there's a lot um, of lads in the 50s that have said knackers to it and gone and done, and gone and done other things because they're not going to do uh, that CPC again for the simple reason you've got some unqualified oik making you take a pay cut to sit there like a cock and listen to that rubbish for seven hours a year to tell you how to do what you've been doing for 40 years quite successfully without any you know without any nannying so if they did away with CPC and they got some kind of charter knocked together for RDCs saying you know these are the rules now if there's major penalties for Sainsbury's and I'll say Sainsbury's as a particular favourite of mine because I got my trousers right round my ankles on Friday at Sainsbury's at Stoke for three and a half hours for six pallets which is ludicrous there was nobody there you know this is why people have lost the will to live with this job you know the fact that sometimes you, you know like if you sort of rewind 12 months me and you were doing this one night and some woman said to you that oh, my husband had to make his own coffee in his cab because he couldn't have a coffee Mm. You know, those sort of things are just round the periphery. You know, they're not really important. You know, we're all big, big area ass truckers. We can manage. You know, we've got a stove, oh. we've got a pan, we won't die. But being kept prisoner for seven hours, used as a mobile warehouse, and then you're expected to get back on a night. You know, and is this fifteen-hour days? It's one this. of the. It's one of the biggest problems. Of all of this is the RDCs. I've been speaking to mm. a few drivers over the course of a week, and by the time they've got to Thursday, they've used an entire working day sitting doing nothing. Yeah. And there absolutely needs to be a, a code of practice and some guidelines um, written in to say, yeah. this is what you must do, and if you don't, then you'll be charged waiting time. Because there's companies that are lining yeah. trucks up and leaving them sit for so long, and yeah. that that's... The, such a huge problem when you've got trucks sitting yeah. wasting so much time when they don't when it's completely unnecessary and the government have done nothing to address any of that uh, and like I say with the, with the CPC angle of things uh, there's just so many guys yeah. 50s 60s and these aren't guys who are necessarily going to go away tramping for an entire week but these are the guys who go and do you two shifts a week three shifts a week and collectively yeah. these guys they're experienced as well, you know. These aren't like newbies; yeah. they know the score, and they would cover so so much work. But they're just not going to. They're not. It's not happening. You're not going to no, get them. Not. Get them to come out and go. Oh yeah, okay. I'm going to go back into this again and go end up sitting in Tesco's or Sainsbury's yeah. or whatever you and be shouted at. They're just done with it. And I, shaps yeah. and the government and all that just don't get it. And I, I don't know. And it's going to go on and on because. The, the the three month um, visa things are bizarre, a, a totally bizarre thing. Because once the three months are up, it's like right, you have to go now. It's like oh, but I'm doing a really. What if you come over and you're doing a great job, and you, mm. you've been really efficient, and the company likes you and everything. Well, then it's like no, you have playing, to go and buy. <laughs> playing devil's advocate, I suppose it's a short term uh, douching if you want. Throw some, you know throw some money at the job get the job right up to Christmas and I think genuinely right genuinely I think Boris is 
quite childlike in his you know in his attitude to life mm-hmm. and i don't mean that in a bad way i mean in a sort of i'm i'm 56 but i'm also seven ah and mm-hmm. i think boris is pinning so much on everybody having a fantastic christmas this year i really do think that's half his problem he's lacking the statesman like you know qualities of thatcher or churchill he's doing a pretty reasonable job considering the pricks that he's got working for him and around him but i think his approach is let's have a wonderful time let's you know this will give us all a super christmas and then everything will be wonderful in the new year it and it will people will be glad of a normal christmas this year and i get that i get that's what he's trying to do however none of them actually understand how road haulage and logistics or any of that supply chain stuff works none of them it's so Um, alarming isn't it just they do not understand any of it and they don't have the capacity to learn or ask somebody it, (laughs) it kind of is but then it's not because transport has always just gone on you know governments apart from when it would be rs and nationalizing and denationalizing and all that sort of cobblers after war governments haven't really had to get involved in transport have they? they've got other things yeah. to be on with like wars and um bullshit and you know things like that important stuff that governments are good at but haulage has just run itself along and hauliers have ripped each other a new one periodically and undercut and slashed and murdered each other and it's kept costs down, so it's kept inflation down. So as long as it don't come above the radar to a government, i.e. it's getting very costly, is this what's happening? Inflation's going to go up. They've no reason to care because they've got enough on doing other stuff. So if they're going to make any kind of a fist to sorting this job out in any semi-permanent or permanent way, they need to listen. And I don't know if the RHA are the right buggers to be listening to because they're, you know, that's a gaffer's club, essentially. It's not a grassroots affair, is it, RHA? It's a gaffer's club. Big hitters wanting cheap labour, wanting cheap fuel, wanting profits, right? I get you. It's business. That's you know that's what business is about, profits. It's not about touchy-feely. But if they want to address why people don't want to do this and be sitting out like a doylem at 8 o'clock on a Sunday night, then they need to go a bit deeper, go a bit further down the food chain and talk to us, talk to three, four, oh, five oh. vehicle companies, talk to owner drivers, talk to employed drivers saying, tell me, here's your coffee, here's your hobnob, you tell me why you want to leave this industry. Oh. And if enough people tag on, RDC street is like shit, services are terrible, truck stops get closed down for warehousing, you know, it's just like we are being marginalised and we are worse than rats. And now, that might open a few eyes and they might actually get to see. I mean, you know, I remember famously, like, election time, Boris turned up in Junction 29 truck stop, didn't he, for his dinner mm. at Chesterfield. I don't know what that were about, but he, he bobbed in for his dinner and had steak pie and, oh, and all that. So it, those are the people he needs to be speaking to, those lads around that table, not exchanging pleasantries about how good the pastry is on Vera's pie or any of that. No, but, it's... you know, they need to speak to us peasants, really, and say, look, what is the real tale here? Uh, do. And, what do we need, and what do we need to do? And, and the thing is, is the thing is as well that they simply don't have people who want to be lorry drivers in the first place. But the, yeah. the, if you're outside looking in, you don't know about how bad the services and the RDCs are and how you'll get cut up and treated badly on the road. 
this is something you learn when you become a driver and then all of a sudden you realise yeah. that everybody's out to get you. It's right at the outset, people don't want to do this and it's not only lorry drivers, it's a problem that spreads mm. right out across... I've got a mate who's a really good joiner and I've got a mate who's a gas engineer and I've got a mate who's a brilliant mechanic. They're all highly skilled yeah. and none of them are willing to take on apprentices because the standard of candidate that is available to them from the schools is so yeah. pitifully low. You, you get people who do not want to work in no, trade. No. Or, and, and they, I mean, you can make a fantastic living doing any of these jobs and potentially yeah. in transport, but you cannot get people. People just don't want to do it. They don't want to do any of this. It's like, what are they teaching them in schools? What, what are they telling people to do for careers? Because they're obviously not pushing trades to say, to say, you know, you don't necessarily need to go to uni. You can go and do this and go to college and you can learn so much. Well, that could, there's brilliant potential for a proper HGV transport apprenticeship rather than you get companies who do... Some companies are good at doing their own thing, but we seem to have bred a generation of people who they're not willing to get in about sort of manually orientated... What? Well, what is it? They all want I've to be TikTokers a, or something. What is it? I've got a bit of an insight into this because, as you know, I went to uni, agricultural uni, mm -hmm. college, whatever, at 24. I went in as a, well, mature student, if you want. And at that time, when I started at York, Tony Blair's lot got in, you know, the landslide. And Tony Blair's brigade thought that everybody should go to university. And yeah, which is completely it, wrong. And that's when it changed. Everybody should be, you know, thrown into university because it, in their mind, it, it gives the labour voter a sense of, ah, we're included. We're, you know, our kids are going to uni. The fact that 70% of the courses that came about as a consequence of that were cobblers, leisure oh, and tourism, media-based crap. You know, it's all this crap. I mean, asking Brian for the first time, they took in under 18s, asking Brian, further education stu students at 16. And it was leisure and tourism, small animal care, crap of that nature. You know, it was, it was keep them in education, keep the unemployment mm. figures down by keeping them in education, not courses that are going to lead to a career, because what are you going to do with leisure and tourism, to be honest? You're not, really, one of the, are you? One of the big problems is... Well, one of the th areas that genuinely was hit quite badly by Brexit was hospitality, like your sort of hotel and restaurants, because I did that radio show with a lady um, who was involved in all that, and, and they had really struggled because they couldn't get people to come in to work in the restaurant trade who had traditionally come in from abroad, and they're really, they yeah. can't get people in the UK, they can't get people coming through who are willing, yeah. to, willing to do it, and it's, yeah, they've got degrees in philosophy, and things, and yeah. I, I did. I did yeah. get a taster of it. Well, it's going back ten years now, when I was editor of Total Vauxhall magazine, and I had to recruit a staff writer. And I would, I got a huge, huge pile of CVs that came through, and so many of these people had degrees, and they couldn't spell on their CV. And this is for a journalism job, you know. There'd be grammatical er errors, spelling errors, and I was like. Well, they're just going straight in the bin because this is a job that is orientated around English. And if you can't get that right in your CV, I was surprised at how low the standard was of application yeah. from people who had achieved a degree. I don't, I, yeah. I don't have a degree. 
<laughs> they were throwing degrees away with you know mm. with bath water though you could get mm. you, you could get a two two in anything really if you were if you were nice to your teachers i think um you know that the devalue the degrees and oh. nobody wanted to do vocational courses everybody had got led on at school by the leftist you know the left-leaning careers teachers yeah. that they should go to, they should go to university they should take this opportunity and a lot of them took it and a lot of them were way out of the depth and really whereas you know you'd have got darren in form 5c who who would 25 years ago would have followed his dad into engineering or you know would have been yeah. a brickie He's been mm-hmm. told that he could be, oh, you, you know, you could be a sports educator. You could, you know, you could go to Leeds Carnegie and you could do this and you could do that. All oh, right, I'll go do that then. Um, you haven't got the aptitude for it, but Tony says, here's a load of money to throw at it. Let's get some academies built. Let's get forward and let's get everybody to uni. Brilliant. But then there's nobody of any sort of physical or mental merit coming through as apprentices at all Aye, because they're not being channeled at school you know you used to get channeled into your ability bands you know you could see yep. lads that were plainly going to be good at playing rugby league and building walls and you and you'd help them to get on and do that and a lot of those lads will have made the millions building you know oh, or yeah. working on rigs or or going abroad and building and they were happy to do that and the parents did it before them and everybody were happy and i know it's a cliche but in 80s we all sort of knew our place in a way we all knew pretty much how it were going to go and I think 90% of us were happy about that really because if you got your skills and you got your tools and you got your get up and go you could make money you could be out and you could make some good money you could get forward but they took an entire generation of kids out of that mindset and filled their heads full of this bollocks about going to uni and doing something utterly pointless and that's where we are they all think they're going to be influencers or they're going to be you know Oh, Web, website designers or this or that and nobody thinks that it's oh no I couldn't possibly work in a factory uh, well it's, it, it, it's, it's just nonsense I got the tail end of it because I left school in 1997 without a clue about what I wanted to do and if the careers office had any sort of sense at all they should have directed me to go and take, uh, become an apprentice car mechanic that's what I should have yeah. done, but I just kind of floated about and then I ended up getting a job in a warehouse at Plum Centre because I just, to get a job and went on. And I was quite fortunate in the way that I did end up falling, yeah. just from messing about with cars, falling into writing and things. But there were a lot, I've got friends who ended up going to uni and ended up working in banking and, and things like that and they regret it because yeah. they went away with a whole load yeah. of student debt and then you're like 23, 24. And your mates who became mechanics and tradesmen and things, they're now time served and they've got no debt and they're making a good wage and they're doing homers and everything on the side. And then you've got your other guys who've got a commute on the train into Edinburgh every day to go and sit in an office. And they were pretty miserable about it. And I was see, because nobody pushed apprentices at all. The other guys Uh that went on to do that were just shoved out the door. Right, that's them out the way with the schools. It's a a bizarre situation that we're now really seeing kind of hope coming home to roost and people do not, they do not view mechanical things (sighs) like like lorries and excavators and things like that as exciting, interesting things like kids used to do. When I, 
when I come out of our yard in the morning, if I start late-ish, 8 o'clock time, and I drive up the main drag to get on the motorway at 37, there's a massive school just over M1 there at Barnsley. Academy there, huge place. Now, it's noticeable, is this, because even five, seven years ago, if I went past a load of kids on the way to school in in Gertie or whatever, mm-hmm. a load of them would instinctively turn around and look and give it, you know, a big fist pump. You know? Yay. And they don't do it now. One, you know, once or twice on a bridge or something, there'll be a kid up there with his dad now who will do it and you'll go, uh, but kids don't look, you know, but young lads, I mean, oh, I don't want to be sexist, but you know what I'm saying? Historically, yeah. young lads and dads were trucks, weren't they? And they're not now. They're just not interested. You go thundering past and they just don't give a monkey's toss. So they're not going to sit in school all day daydreaming about steaming of a shop, are they, with 25 no. tonnes of timber on the back? To them, where, like their parents before them, that generation that were born in early 90s and spawned this lot, we're just a hindrance. We're a big, noisy, smelly, polluting bastard. And it's that's your media for you. Again, you know, they've spent years demonising trucks. Hence all this camera crap to go into London and silly windows indoors and Euro 6 and AdBlue and all the rest of it. Demons, monsters, we're killing mm. thousands of people with our emissions. Now suddenly, they're hungry, they've got no bloody beer in pubs and they've got no petrol. Suddenly, oh, it's let's all... Let's write a million letters to people that really feel disenfranchised by our policies for the last 20 years. It'll be all right if we write them a Boris letter. They'll all come running back. Mm. You know, like the ARP, war, Dad's Army, we'll all get to the pumps, you know, we'll all be, you know. Well, it's not going to work, is it? Because fundamentally, no. like you've said 20 minutes ago, the infrastructure to get people to want to do this isn't there. Nobody wants to sleep in a shithole like this with rats running about on a night. We want to be able to get finished, have a good shower without mushrooms and green stuff and things that move, and we want to get a good meal, and we want to know that there's somebody wandering about out here with a torch, stopping bloody curtain slashing and diesel being nicked and the rest of it. I I want to park up and you know get in that bed after my tea and die for nine hours. I don't want to wake up every time I hear anything move outside. And if you can put back what they've taken away you know historically BP truck stops were, you know scattered about but once you're in behind that barrier you were in yeah. and they were pain in the ass security bloke wondering about and it, you know it was a bit formulate when it BP but it was all there it worked and oh we'll just take that truck stop away we'll just, you know, we'll just take 200 parking spaces out at West Midlands and put a warehouse on it because it's big money and you know we'll take Burtley away there's no ball in in northeast up there now you can park on team valley at the side of road oh, that's somewhere. it I, I was really uh up in newcastle i did the night out i had the renault range t high i think and i had to i was asking yeah. about i was like where do i park around here and there's no yeah. truck stop parking at all the, nope. the guys like, best thing you can do is team valley if you sit at these bits it'll be well lit and things and you'll be all right because yeah. there'll be a bit of traffic going past and that's it and new, yeah. newcastle it's like the capital uh-huh. of the, the north, you know, it's an enormous place. Yep. And if you look at so many places at the side of the motorway, they're surrounded by fields anyway. They're so so mm. it would be so easy, but it needs the government to mm. go and like push through this to say this yeah. is our charter to fix road haulage and not one bit of it comes through. 
about facilities or improving the lot for look the at, driver in any way. Look at Holland. You know, mm. every couple of miles there's a garage of parking and every sort of, you know, 10 miles said there'll be a routier equivalent where you can get, you know, you can get off and get fed. But all these places you can get parked, you can get fed and it's for free. Yeah. Over here, they'll throw up a bloody huge distribution right. park and they won't put any facilities on for trucks at all. Now, the government could do that at a stroke of a pen. Yeah. They could say, right, from now on, yeah, any of these to... huge developments mm -hmm. must provide parking for a minimum of 50 trucks, toilets, facilities, at the very minimum. And that wouldn't cost no, the... anything to these buggers, would it? Anything. No, it wouldn't. Nothing. It would be so easy for them to do it. And the amount of these super sites popping up yeah. at the side of the M1... They could so easily do it, and if they're going to attract the, or this truck traffic, and that's the way, because more and more people want things um, done online, and they want it del delivered to them next day, yeah. and they want the convenience of it. Well, that's it. You need these safe places for trucks to be able to go, and it could be so easily done. That's the infuriating thing about it, and at the same time, they're, they're reducing truck parking and things. I would love to go and get one of these MPs to park in a lay-by at the side of the road and a curtain side yeah. for a night and get rocked yeah, from on, side Grant. to side. Come on, yes, but Get your sleeping bag, Grant. You're coming with me for five days. Let's see how other half live. By the time he got back to his house in Kent or wherever he lives, he'd be ruined. The yeah, bloke could be in a bloody in a been, bag. Be mortified. They're like, oh, yeah, well, you've got four hours until you can move and you're, stu you're absolutely busting for a shit. What are you going to do, Granty boy? Hey, come on. Let's, what yeah. are you going to do in this situation? Hmm? I'm not holding your carrier bag open for you, fella. You can, uh, no. you can get one of your aides to pop out the jag that's following us to open that for you. Yeah, right. exactly. Any good? <laughs> that's where we are this week. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's well, I think like it, it pretty much it channels what everybody's thinking, pretty much. You know, there's a lot of posts online and things where people are writing things. There's a lot of well-written stuff that people have given yeah, considered is. thought. Blinding you know? stuff, yeah. Oh. And I just think possibly Mad Max might not be uh, fictional. It might actually be a fairly well-thought-out reverse documentary. Just, um, <laughs> you know, with no fuel, it's all madness out here and there's a lot of mask wearing. So apart from a bit of leather and uh, and that, would I think we're about three quarters there. Anyway, so. that's the current yeah, anyway. political situation. That's, yes. Well, well thrashed out tonight. Let's uh, uh, let's, so, let's try and cheer up a bit. Eh? Yeah. So let's move on. Let's have that little musical interlude where we move on to the next section or something. Mm. How are you getting on? With your Scania S500, because you've had it a um, couple of months on the road now, isn't it? She's been doctored. She's been in for doctoring. She, um, I found out through uh, anecdotal chat that these things need a turbo every 300,000 maximum, or you're setting yourself up for a big, expensive intercooler full of oil on a recovery trip. So I uh, heard that from uh, Gav at Next Gen at um, Sheffield, independent Scania man, and I thought this cannot be true, surely, because obviously I would lasted a million on her turbo before that I even thought about being poorly. Mm -hmm. But no, no, it was true. I checked. Mm -hmm. So I don't trust you, Gav. I just checked because I couldn't believe that that could be a, a design feature of why, a modern. Why is it? Why is that? They haven't. They haven't like redesigned 
the turbo to make it better or anything. It just is three hundred thousand, and that's it. I is think that- it's. I think it's because they work so hard doing what they do to get what they get out of these engines. I think the makes, turbos uh, thrash themselves senseless. Um, makes you wonder how long the... 575,000. Uh, makes you wonder... Uh, uh, what's the 5.40 going to be like? I don't know. You see, I'm, I'm not going to get into a technical discussion about Scania's because I, I really don't know and I, yeah. I just make myself look mm. a dick. But, but these S500s and maybe even the 450s, I'm not sure, need a turbo at 275, 280, 290 max. And That's you do bad. that as um, a three, well, it'd be a three yearly thing on average sort of mileage, wouldn't it? Um, and it was the happy sum of 740 quid, I think, thereabouts. And if you look at it this way, it's a fact. Yeah. There's no point pushing it you know, to 350 euro because if you put that turbo on at seven, 750 quid, sir, that's it done, finished relax whereas if you don't and it murders itself these intercoolers apparently aren't available aftermarket in the 2400 quid so if you wait till your turbo goes bang halfway at windy hill you've got your turbo you mm. recover it and an intercooler so instead of your 750 you've possibly five grand's worth so it's, it's quite telling that the 740 quid for a turbocharger isn't that much, I don't think. So it just shows you probably economies of scale how many of these are actually produced. Um, but that's a, that's an interesting point. I wonder if the I wonder if the four fifty and the four ten kind of sliding scale will do mm-hmm. a bit mo- will do a bit more, and if the five forty has got a different turbo on it altogether. Yeah. I know with the Volvo. 500 and 540 the 540 is a completely different setup it's got a lot of differences yeah. to it compared to the 500 but i mean aside from yeah. that you've, you've had your turbo on it um i know that you'd had the um, wheel, you did the wheel alignment done while um, uh, the lads had it at uh, next gen when i was in abasok on that marvelous week of sunny oh god that was um they did the valves and the set up the injectors they did a top end set and the turbo and a service and um tire tracks whipped out and put some supers on the front for me while it were up there at uh, next year and the lad that fitted my dvs cameras who'd had a bit of a mishap unfortunately when he tipped the cab over one of the corner panels blew in i think with the wind and as the cab came over it it bent the corner panel so um i have to be uh brutally honest about the chap he did a fantastic job under trying circumstances because he wasn't that expensive uh, for installing it all then he uh, bought a new corner panel had it painted and stripes on this thing are painted not decals as well so he had to get all that done which he did and he did it with good grace and I, I can't recommend him uh, highly enough anyway so all that got done we got DVS on um that was fun getting that approved for TFL but anyway we, we got there we got the wheels done she's been serviced up but the upshot of all that is that the MPG has increased one and a half Oof. maybe just a bit more than one and a half good you'll not be, you'll, you, won't be, you won't be long in making that back then I would guess well no no and up to press rates for London have been uh fairly magnificent so I think we've already paid for camera really um, but the fuel saving 
was noticeable the first week. You know, I was doing the same sort of work, obviously, all, all the time. She's hovering nearer 10 than 8, let's say, all the time. So that was money well spent. And it wasn't expensive, really, for all that. You know, the turbo was a chunk, but it, uh, the labour uh, was nothing to get excited about. It was brilliant. And, you know, the truck came back. You know, I see these posts on Facebook from these lads that drop off the trucks at main agents on a Friday night for six weeks or services. Mm. And you see all the suicidally grumpy pictures of... Oh, the uh, grease you know, everywhere, yeah. Yeah, greasy carpets and all that. Well, this spent a week up there at next gen and I got it back and you'd think it had been parked in a garage for the week it's spotless absolutely spotless done dusted spotless there was no oil thrown about down the side of the engine whether it's in the oil change or any of that all good all good to go so who's that company next gen next gen at Sheffield um, Junction where are they 36 at Birdwell at Barnsley they're ex ex Scania men that went on their own they are all over the job. They really are all over the job. They know exactly what they're doing, um, and they do it, and they do it well. Obviously, nice. my first dealings, really, because I've had um, yeah. a certain silver Foden for a year or two, so um, I've not had any cost to deal with anybody else apart from uh, Jamie and Ash. But um, that's, that's good. Eh? Do you want to, do you want to mm. mention your camera guy? You didn't name him. Did you want to give him a mention? Ah, Craig. I can't remember the name of his company, to be honest, which is a bit of a shame, but um, I want to say CAM, C-A-M, C-A-M Electrics, uh, but he's Craig, and he's from Huddersfield, and he does all kinds of um, electricery, but uh, the DVS camera sensors, internal screen, speaker under the back to shout at idiots on bikes, all that. Brilliant job. You'd not know he'd been, honestly. He'd been in his pulled it in bits he's fitted all his gubbins and gone and you know if it hadn't been for that unfortunate wind blowing that bloody corner panel in it'd have been seamless really nice bloke you know and considering what it probably cost him to put all that right he never once appeared to be miserable grumpy or like (laughs) he just put it right says I will put it right and he did they put it right and it was you know on my time scale I was off for a week he sorted it over that week got all the painting done got everything back together done dusted can't recommend him enough and I think it comes in about a thousand pound for system and it's um, and it's you know it's decent system all all around it um, it doesn't have to get on your wick when you're going through London though and it's um, turned on and it's rattling on I hope it's getting on I hope it's getting on the wick of everybody in London as well at the same time though hope it annoys them you know. Well, two Thursdays since, about eight o'clock at night, I'm trying to get into Beckenham to a park, to a drum and bass festival, because I got a lot of stage on, and they were waiting for this staging to get building for this bloody festival. So I'm sort of sneaking in. I went under Blackwall and crept in that way onto South Circular, and I was getting round towards Beckenham. And I'm sitting at some lights, and I'm turning left, so indicators on. And there's a bloke in front of me on his push bike, right in front of me. And this thing's going, warning, this vehicle is turning left. Warning, and it's going on and on and on. I'm <laughs> so I'm turning left. And he's sitting in front of me, and he turned round, and he had the audacity to pull a face like he'd just found a dog turd in his fridge. And I thought, you can bollocks, pal. I've had to pay for this because of you, 
meters. Right. So you're you're going to sit there and you're going to have a speaker full of that for the next two minutes till these lights change. And he he just looked at me like peasant. Thought, well, go to bollocks. Still reckon we need to get the we need to get the Ian Paisley recording changed over yeah, we do, on that. Definitely. We do, definitely. We this do. vehicle is turning left. No, aye. No. I'm a bit shouty. Uh, and I've, I got me, I got me silly English angles, Marts type nonsense. Angles, Marts. Why, why does it? Why is it in French? I assume that's French. Well, it's not. No, no, no. I have my English ones. It says, you know, basically, oh, you're in my blind spot. But you know, same thing. And I got magnetic ones, like a driving instructor would have for sticking out doors of his car. You know, so I just pop oh, those on one. Uh, I stop at. Uh, why did I stop Birchanger for a coffee and threw me good boy uh, stickers on and then skipped into London? Oh, good. And it was all good, all going well, right up to the point where I came across a bridge on South Circular that in the uh, Collins Big Boys Pants Truckers Atlas is 14.9. But when you come up to a bridge and you set the warning screen off, say, overheight vehicle, turn back, mm. and they've rebadged, they've rebadged this bridge at 14.6. So that, oh, that's uh, nice of them. Oh, that, co- uh, that caused that? a bit of a problem. Up to a five, somewhere between Civilization and Beckenham. Beckenham with the A two o five. Yeah, we're on two o five. And anyway, I um, I was nicely following Sat Nav, and um, I came to this bridge, and it it, it flashed up. You're over height. So I was fourteen eight or fourteen nine, something similar. Anyway, um, I'd obviously checked. I'd cross referenced that I were good to go, but. Since that map book's been made, they must have resurfaced road or they've dropped bridge a couple of inches because somebody kept clouting it, either or. So it was one of these, turn round. We can't turn round and I can't stop. It's a red route and it's a single track job. So I can't turn and I can't do it. So I thought, right, we've got one thing to do here and one thing alone, and that was drop all air out and go under the bridge. So we did, and it was miles clear. So they've plainly reclassified it for laugh. And by this point... My plaintive pleas to Russ Oliver to give me a ring uh, bore fruit, and he gave me a ring, and he says, "Whatcha?" and all that, and I says, "I'm I'm in a whole world of pain here." And he went, "Where are you?" and I told him, and he got all excited because that's his manner, Beckenham and round there, that's that's his thing, you know. Um, so uh, Russ took over then, and he guided me up and down all these bloody streets in dark. Oh, you, oh, can you see this cafe and can you see that? And there's a post box and yeah, well, turn right up there and up at speed bumps and round there and there's a tree. There's a tree with six branches at one mm. side, you see it. And he got me, bless him, right to park in Beckenham. I couldn't get in. I had to wait for somebody to come out and show me how to get in, but I got to park and uh, it was down to Mr. Oliver, top bloke oh, that night. Oh, good for him. So, I, I did notice um, on like crazy lefty, cyclist twitter last week there was somebody agitating a few of them talking about a device that you can um, fit in a vehicle which blocks all phone signals and people are saying oh yes that would be a good thing for trucks and i'm like these are people who never <laughs> leave line i'm like the insanity of, of yeah. things like yes yeah, so you're, you're unable to make or take mm. any phone calls in a truck <coughs> and then you yeah. get situations like that where people need to yeah. guide you into places and stuff and i'm like you yeah. people on a different planet but yeah russell has russell is now also uh, an owner driver he's got his truck Aye. in the road as well it's quite a suave looking yeah, well, well it was quite a tatty not tatty 
But the work won't it was just maritime lorry. Just a normal lorry. It was just lorry. the wheels that made it look tight. So yeah, yeah. Know, rusty steel rusty is on the way Trans- What a transformation. That was quick. Yeah, when I was coming out on uh, Friday morning, he was on his way down to pick it up. So we had a natter, you know. I don't mean when I was coming out of the closet either. I mean when I was coming back out of Beckenham because I stopped in park and I came back out. Farnborough that way, A21, back out that way. And we had a natter. He was on his way down to pick it up. And he says, it's all, you know, maritime was sorted all paint out. And he was picking it up. Speed limit And he was whipping. And if, yeah, I hope so. For God's sake, I hope so. And he was whipping it up then to tyre tracks on his way back to get his alloys on and then straight in for his uh, stickers and what have you, I think, Saturday morning. And it, it looks well. I've not seen it on road yet, but it, uh, it looks well. No, somebody um, sent me a picture of it um, tonight um, mm. where it was sitting somewhere. They texted me and said, is this Russell Oliver's new truck? And I was like, um, as it says, like Oliver Thomas Transport on the side of it, I'd say, yes, it is, as you well know. Fighting chance, yeah. yeah chance, you know, uh, who, else is, who else's truck could it be? I'm just having a look. I don't want to go messing with it, because Louise will be in it, and, and, and Louise will hesitate and splitting your head in half, so don't go pestering her. Mm. <laughs> she, yeah, she's an army brat. She was uh, from an army family, so don't mess with Louise, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. You'll, get, you'll get it. Aye. No, so I owe Mr. Oliver a few beers for that night because I was borderline going to have a little cry. But no, it, it was fantastic getting me in there. This week coming up, we've got uh, Tip X and Tank X at Harrogate. Um, it's been a long time coming, is this? It's been a long time coming, and it's also got a, more, a kind of poignant edge to it as well because it is. Mm. I want this driver's day thing as a complete one-off because it's the last time that Tipex and Tankex are going to be held at Harrogate. It's moving to Stoneleigh Park for this gigantic truck expo next year. So mm. what we've got on is, well, the event runs from like the, is it the Wednesday through to the Friday, which is like your sort of industry days where all your kind of yeah. haulage boss guys comes down and they're going make deals to buy tippers and there's also the northern rewards on but on the saturday uh is the driver's day and we've got we've got a little display put together for trucking driver and we've got um paul o'callaghan's coming over from ireland and Mm -hmm. we've to do a bit of a talk on the stage about you know what it's like moving to and driving in australia for a bit and also yeah i'll go and get us together and we can do a sort of podcast at that, uh, you're coming along to it, and we've got Stuart Holtz coming along, and you're mate with the tanker and an Stuart old Stuart and his brother Eddie, who are coming up from uh, Holtz at Howden. Stuart's bringing his F12 that he's had from New, which is 84, and Eddie will bring up the father's uh, Bedford TK high sided flatbed, which was on, I think, originally it was a P. P vining wagon, P wagon, um, mm. or was he on milk churns on farm milk? I think it's probably farm milk on that one. So he, he's bringing that up, and we've got Matt Waller who drives for Hansons at Huddersfield on the Bar Locker Plastics uh, contract. He's got a Feldbinder tank that's the biggest capacity tipping tank in the UK, and I think that's coming up to two years old, and he is a frantic polisher so his tanker looks like it's come out of the showroom uh that's got 
a 510 Merc Gigaspace in the front that he's had from new, which is ready for off this year, but again, immaculately turned out tackle. So um, he'll be more than happy to talk to any of you lads that are into right. this uh, bulk tank business because he knows his onions as Matt. And then as a late comer, we've got uh, Blair Roebuck from Ripon who's bringing uh, Foden now then. Is it a 7L, 7LG? I'm not sure. Well, there's it's, a very, um, it's a wooden cab, sort of um, proper, sort of post-war She's a lovely beauty. thing. And, yeah. and that won't be coming down on a transport, so that'll be getting some diesel in at morning and a key in it and a bit of gardener warm through to get rid of the smoke and that'll be driving down under its own steam on uh, on Friday at a breathtaking 35 miles an hour. But he... Uh, He's deeply enthusiastic about his food and his, uh, his Blair, so... Uh, Brilliant. Aye, it'll be... Don't well, be shy if you're coming yeah. up on Saturday. Come and have a natter. Yeah, well, the good I'm, thing... I'm, I'm just there for the glamour. Yeah, the I don't good, have a food anymore. I'm just... The good thing is about the, t- the driver's day is it's free, so if you come up to Harrogate, it's basically just in the town centre. So there's no entry for your tickets or anything like that. You can wander about, you can bring the kids... Um, you can bring the wife or the girlfriend and let her go and explore Harrogate, the shops and what have you, if she's not into the trucks, because it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful big old town. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, there's loads of great tippers and tankers to see there. We've got our own little display. We'll be knocking about. Um, I will have, I have got on the day 10 vouchers for um, a barbecue um, like a burger, so there's this really kind of high-end artisan, top-of-the-notch barbecue guy there, and the first ten people who managed to accost me at this, I didn't agree to this. Um, will get a free voucher uh, for uh, some delicious barbecue food at that, and I just know that I'm going to run out of vouchers at half past nine in the morning and spend the rest of the day going, sorry mate, not got any vouchers. Mm. But anyway, it promises to be, you know, it's a really interesting, unusual day out. It's the last one of its type. You can come and meet some of the trucking driver people. I'll be there, Chris will be there, Paul O'Callaghan will be there. And yeah, we'll just be like wandering about and just chilling out and having a good time. The good thing is for us on the Friday, um, I've booked you and your squad into a sort of Airbnb house. So we're going out for a curry on the Friday night, which will be good. So I'll need to be compass mentis on the Saturday for the rest of this. But yeah, quite um quite looking forward to this as a nice way to sort of round off the season. I don't think there's anything else much after that. There's maybe Truckfest Newark's on the same weekend, and then there's something just after that. I can't remember. Is it Truckfest Northwest, maybe? In Nutsford? It's all right, but that, that's um, I've got that to look forward to at the weekend, providing I can Aye. get there. Having a, if I've got any petrol, I do have my Vectra B, which isn't currently without an MOT, but I'll get an MOT on it this week. Is sitting with a full tank of petrol in it, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so if needs be, I can use that to get down there. That should be that should work out yeah. absolutely fine. You'll be so, fine. It'll, You'll be uh, fine. it'll work out fine, but then, but. I wanted to give a I wanted to give a shout out as well to um, the um, the girl talk uh, charity calendar that I mentioned in our truck and driver bumper issue. Yeah, which was all like promoting sort of um, female drivers in transport because you know these are all really switched on, talented, really good 
uh, drivers in the industry, first and form the drivers first and foremost, they just happen to be uh, women, and they're trying to attract more women into the industry, but do it in a sort of positive way. You know, it's not all sort yeah. of uh, pink and frilly and things like that. These are. Um, yeah skilled drivers and things and um yeah i wanted to give a shout out because i've been having a chat over the last sort of couple of weeks and a right good crack with um, emma todman who was our um editor's choice she had her scania back in the february 2020 issue i think which is one of the last right. ones the last ones before covid and normality and, th- and things like that um yeah yeah she's been a um, a right good um laugh over the past sort of couple of weeks um ever since we were um, organizing the charity calendar thing she's got an audi an audi s3 saloon which has got 384 horsepower um and as part of my i wanted to do a thing for my Vauxhall channel which i mentioned now and again and plug on here once driven forever smitten i wanted to do I, rode, I wanted to do like a big run from one end of the country to the other with my Cavalier GSI when I get it back on the road. And I wanted to go and do like a section on four-wheel drive saloons 30 years apart. So I wanted to get yeah. my GSI together and her Audi, because if you do like that inflation calculator thing, a Cavalier GSI 4 before actually cost more than an Audi S3 does today. So I wanted uh, to go and run it over Dartmoor at some point and things there. So, um, yeah. I uh, just wanted to, just in terms of shout outs and that, I said to Emma, I'm going to give you a shout out in the podcast. And she's like, when? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just want to do it so you'll listen to it. So, ha, huh, there you go, right at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Any other business? <laughs> uh, no, I'm still watching morons queuing up for petrol on here, though. And what time are we on now? Nearly nine o'clock. We've been on oh, for nearly, well, there you go. nearly an hour. That's just. Nine o'clock. Classical. Sunday night, M2. Driven out to Lunatics. the motorway. It sounds um, like it, doesn't it? Well, I, well, I'm off Monday and Tuesday this week. Um, mm. I've just I put the computer on to do the flat plan for the new issue, so it's ready for tomorrow, among a, a couple of other things. But I'm working on cars for the next couple of days and sorting out my garage because I'm well, well behind with all that sort of uh, that sort Am of I stuff. Am I supposed to be spawning you with some written nonsense? I would like that if you could please do because I've got yeah, eight right. pages for Team T and D, so you can have a double page spread in the next issue. Um, Love a big get spread. Nice, get some nice um, pictures of Scania at work and all that stuff about your top end set and uh, the things yeah. that you've got done. That'll be a really. Mm. That's a really good um, technical yeah. um, update I'll, about I'll that. I'll remember. Uh, I'll remember. Uh, Matty Boy's name. Uh, camera Craig's. guy, Craig Camera. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm sure it's Cam Electric, Huddersfield. I'm sure it is, but anyway, I'll, <laughs> it'd be a real shame to give a plug to his competition, wouldn't it? I don't believe that'd be, that'd be his, his, di- sure. his better yeah. direct rival. I, then. No, I, I please do that. So, what have you got? Right. You're, you're going down to tip that tomorrow. So, you, you got much of a. Yeah. Do you know what you're doing? Kind of plan this week. How are you getting on with that? I have no idea. And at the minute, because obviously it's end of season for uh, a lot of things that I've been doing, it's been a bit weird um i was i was off for someone else on friday i was on uh, great bear carting coconut milk to coventry and then uh, six pallets of hair care products ironically for the baldest man in yorkshire to uh, sainsbury's devil center at stoke-on-trent which yeah. i tipped i tipped eight o'clock coventry friday morning i was leaving at nine o'clock no problem 
and then I I just got to kill time till one o'clock to go into that hell hole at Stoke, and then, and then they just ignored me for three hours. There's nobody there. I went in, went straight on a bed. There's nobody there. Nobody waiting. Just like two or three wagons, entire place, sound. Thinks I. Yeah, right. Okay. The, 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 I mean, I mean, going back to what we said about the government and mm. chaps and things earlier. These guys, these bastards, need to start getting hit with waiting time. You know, like punitive yep, waiting time that will hurt definitely. them. Definitely. You know, if they want to play the and booking, then, t- the booking time sort of thing needs to go out the window anyway yeah. for the punishment of things because with the way that the roads, yeah. the roads are and traffic and the way that things yeah. just are completely out your control, they need to start getting mm-hmm. hammered with severe penalties and then you'll watch them bloody get their arse into gear and get trucks tipped on time. What they're doing is, because they don't have any space inside, they overbook, they get a lot of tackle in. Mm-hmm. It's it's a case of they've got nowhere to put anything, so they'll keep it on you outside. That's what mm-hmm. they're on with. Um, your Aldi and Lidl, you know, your self-tip cross-stop mm-hmm. warehousing operations work a treat. Now, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of drivers, oh, I'm not bloody doing it. Me, 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 me. Well, simple equation. Would you like to sit there for six hours suicidally going bust? Or would you like to get on back on an electric barra, tip yourself, get signed and get the hell out? I know which I'd rather do. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not um, adverse to it in principle. I'd, I'd objected a bit mm. to when I was at Lidl when they wanted me to rotate their stock for them. You know, I yeah. was like, I yeah. them, but no, I'll go and put it here and you can bloody go and sort it out the way that yeah. you want it to. But I've been... I said that it seems to be that Aldi are better than Lidl. Lidl were getting a bit of a kicking in the press. The last time I was in Aldi at Livingston, they weren't that busy. And the, the guys have got the really, really long forklift, the, the pallet trucks. That yeah, take it. Yeah. They were like, oh, don't worry about it. Uh, we'll just go and do that for you because we don't have anything to do right now. And they were like, boom, yeah. boom, boom, in the trailer out in five minutes. And I was like, oh, thank you very much. But Lidl, they were kind of like... The opposite. It was down somewhere in, Which in Essex. Which is it? At Bathgate is that Aldi? That's that's um, Aldi at Bathgate. Aye, they right. were quite. They well, were pretty pleasant towards me. I had a blinder in there, but uh, before I finished on Cobblethwaite, first supermarket type thing I did for Christ knows how many years. I got twenty four pallets or something or other for up there, orange juice or something. I can't remember, but anyway, good as gold. In says, have you got a mask? I went. Do I really need one? Well, you should really. I says, well, I probably have. Then I'll, I'll I'll come back in with it when I come back in. Aye, all right. Have you driven one of these before? Yeah, I've been trained at Manchester. Right. Here's your keys. Bosh, tipped. Uh huh. And it not mentioned that I'm supposed to turn them round and put them that way on. And he mm. came, you know, to check. And he looked at me, and I looked at him with that innocent face, and he went, it's "Supposed to be the other way around, really, mate." I'm like, okay. Anyway, don't matter. Don't matter. Anyway, checked it, signed me off, and threw me out. Even yeah. gate man were decent, you know. I thought that yeah. supermarkets can do this if they want. They kind of it, 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 it drips down from the top, and you've got like I think it, yeah. if you've got a cantankerous, miserable sort of supervisor management, then it just drips down through everybody. Yeah, and it can it be a, it can be a nice place to work in general. And if everybody was yeah. happier and got on well and things, then it would be nicer and it would be more enjoyable. You know, it doesn't cost anything to be like, hello, how are you? Let's see if we can do this the nicest way possible. It's like inbred and inbred in a yeah. lot of these places into the culture. And uh, they yeah. need to get it out, get it out of them somehow. But there you they go. Do. That's it. That is over I an hour. I a good beating. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, but it's been, it might be over an hour, but it's been actually 
It's, 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 it's been, been quality tonight. It, it, it is, I think, you know, so, people will. And I think you'll get, we'll get some good feedback from, not, but not heavy on laughs, you know. We haven't been particularly puerile. There's been no, like, pornography or knob or knob jokes yeah, well we did mention think about Grant next Shaps. week after we've been out on the piss in um, yeah. we did mention Harrogate, Gr- Grant Sharps shitting in a bag but you know the, yeah, yeah. Uh, Harrogate well with that said we've got a couple of episodes out of um, Harrogate I would think yeah. in the old yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. thing because we're bringing the whole kit down with me so that should be good and it that was, is only in about four days time so yeah it this was dead episode funny the other day uh, when commercial motor landed in everybody's uh, desks and um Stuart rang me and he says, how come you're not on stage for a question and answer session then? I went, I'll let you think about that for a minute. He went, oh, I fucking hell, I. <laughs> says, can you imagine? Can you fucking imagine that Doogie's gaffers thinking that it's a great idea of having me and a question and answer thing on a stage live? Give over. He went, yeah, fucking right. I see your point. Stupid <laughs> questions and that. Well, they wanted, yes. they, they wanted something... What would be sort of, and I said, well, Paul used to drive in Australia and everything, so you mm. could talk about mo- emigrating and moving to Australia and things and all that. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm like, I'm not going to, yeah, I mean, for comedy value, I was like, well, I could go and put Chris up there as well so you can get people asking like moronic questions about how to be an owner driver and, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> and stupid <laughs> questions about you shouldn't have got rid of your Foden or something like that. And yeah. I'm like, no, don't worry about that. There's a podcast episode that we're recording separately to all of that. Oh, I'm not worried about it at all. It's just that Stuart thought it was hilarious. He thought the <laughs> entire concept of me being allowed up there to do what I do. He says, good God. Thank you uh, very much, guys. Um, we will, as, as ever, as the show season draws to a close, things get back to normal, but we'll try and get uh, a podcast out to you as weekly as we possibly can. Thanks for listening. Um, anything, uh, any feedback, uh, greatly appreciated. And hopefully we might see you at Harrogate. If you do see us at Harrogate uh, off the back of this podcast, please do let us know. Right, Chris? Uh, take care. No and touching. I shall, uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no touching. Well, and, well, unless you um, sent. That's a means-tested thing. If you want to go and send us a picture first, so we can establish. Yeah. yeah okay. Whether whether we want you to touch us or not, you know. Limited but, touching. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Discretionary okay. touching. Right. Put yes. on. Cool. Toodle. Right. So. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.